Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendricks, and also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190-1075 FM. Um, before I start getting the flood of questions, this was pre-scheduled, pre-planned for a couple of weeks now. We knew that we were going to be covering for Pat today. Okay, just letting you know. There's always there's always grave concern uh, with his audience, but this was pre-planned, so we knew that this was going to happen. Um, all right. So we got we to do a lot of stuff today, and we're going to get into the latest developments on Elon Musk and Twitter. Big developments since yesterday's announcement. Also going to get into some very interesting Hunter Biden stuff because there's a lot now coming. It's like the floodgates have been kind of opened up now that you have two of the biggest liberal newspapers finally admit that the laptop was his, even though the laptop was confirmed as his in October of 2020. So we are going to go into that and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we have to start off with Ukraine because there were some developments this morning about what had happened in Buka. Now, Buka is the city where the alleged um, massacre had happened here. And I want to go over some of the, the things that are being reported by both sides here. And as most of you know, I've done my best to kind of report both sides as best as I can, uh, considering the limited access to information that we have in the West. But... That ticks some people off, and that's fine, uh, whatever. Uh, if you're pro-Russia, you're pro-Ukraine, it's, it's entirely up to you. I'm still going to do my job. You can then decide which side you're going to fall down on, and that's okay. Uh, I've told you before, you have to not believe a single thing that comes out of Ukraine. I stand by that position. I've been proven right about that over and over and over again, and that doesn't mean that some of the stuff that you hear out of Ukraine won't automatically be true. There's going to be things that are true, but we have had so much propaganda, so much manufactured narratives and fake things that have happened and been presented as true only to be debunked a week later. All I'm asking you to do is to take a step back and just not have this visceral reaction to everything that you hear. I get that we're talking about human beings, and anytime you have a, a massive loss of life, it is upsetting to people, but... Take a deep breath until we actually get to the truth. Uh, if the massacre in Buka ends up being because the Russians did it, then by all means, they the people who are responsible need to be punished for that. Uh, if it ended up not being the Russians, then the narrative gets busted and we've got everybody who ran with a fake story again. So it's all I'm saying is take a deep breath and relax on it. So here's what we have. Okay, This is the latest on, on the situation in Buka. Now, Buka, again, is near Kiev. This is the, the town where allegedly a, a host of Ukrainians were killed, and the allegation in the West is that they were done by Russian troops. Um, there's alternative explanations that are possible, but right now the prevailing narrative in the West is that Russian troops did this. So here's what we have. Ukraine is named Lieutenant Colonel Azatbek Omerpagov as the Butcher of Buka. Now, he is the commander of the 64th Separate Motorized Rifle Brigade, they are the ones who are accused of doing this in Buka, Ukraine. Ukraine says that they put white armbands on the corpses to identify that the corpses were not armed when killed. Okay? Russia has said that the white armbands signify people who are friendly or at least peaceful towards the Russians. They have also pointed to citizens in Buka who have posted blog posts and videos and things like that in their social media when the Russians first got to Buka, where the Russian troops told them to hang white sheets in their windows to signify that they were not a threat to the Russian troops. The Russians have said, this is proof 
that the white anything is symbol of people who are friendly towards Russian troops. Okay, There are obviously people who dispute that. I'm just telling you their perspective. Uh, Russia does say that they have proof that they will present to the United Nations as soon as they are granted a, a, a hearing. They were denied one earlier in the week with the Security Council. Unconfirmed videos are shown up now, allegedly showing Russians executing prisoners in Bukha. Honestly, I can't, and I don't know of anybody who's not from there, tell if it's the same area. Um, we, we just, we can't. Uh, the video is far away. It's of low quality. I don't know if it's the same people uh, that we have seen in some of these images in Bukha. But I'm just letting you know that there are videos out there purportedly showing this, okay? Uh, but it's of low quality, and I can't verify any of that. Ukraine and Russia continue to fight and argue about the timeline of Russian troops leaving Bukha. All right. Um, we do have some video of the mayor in March, the end of March on the 31st. He's there talking about the city being liberated. You've got city council members for Bukha saying the fighting was still happening after that. So I'm just letting you know it most likely what it looks like is the order to start drawing down came out on March 30th with the Russians. And as they started to pull out, uh, took a couple of days to pull out. And the Russians are trying to say that they were out of the city completely at the time that any of this could have potentially happened while the Ukrainians are saying that they weren't fully out of the city yet. Okay. Uh, What else do we have here? Russia is making a very, very big deal uh, about the video of a Ukrainian unit that allegedly entered Bukha after Russian withdrawal. Now, in that video, and I've watched the video, I've translated the video, um, It's the, the Russians are telling the truth about what is being said in the video uh, based on the online translations that I was able to get. In that video, a soldier asks if he can shoot anyone in Bukha who doesn't have a blue armband. He is told, quote, F yeah. By somebody else okay now this goes back to the argument of blue and white armbands and if there was any significance with alliances or loyalties or what have you okay i don't know just passing this on to you russia alleges that the video is connected to a sergey boatsman uh, karatkin he is the one who is accused of the war crimes of illegally killing and executing Russian prisoners of war just a couple of weeks ago. I cannot confirm this. That is just the allegation from the Russian government. Russia is also making a big deal out of the mayor of Bukha, not mentioning any bodies in the streets on March 31st when he announced the city was liberated. Again, there are other government officials for the city of Bukha who said the fighting continued in April. Uh, There's also Ukrainian National Guard video of the streets of Bukha without any bodies in it. But most likely, they hadn't come across those bodies yet, uh, and they were in a different area of the city and simply just hadn't found them. I think that's entirely plausible. You look at the mayor, very jubilant. He was very happy in his announcement, and it's entirely possible that he had not seen what has now been shown to the rest of the world yet, if, in fact, uh, those bodies were there at the time uh, that, uh, that the Russians left the city, as is being alleged by the West. The satellite images of bodies in the street for some time before the Russians left could be significant, although they don't confirm that there was targeted murdering happening. It just confirms that there were civilian casualties. Keep in mind, this was a heavily contested area. There was fighting in the streets between both sides, and there was artillery shelling. Uh, it could be significant. It may not be. We still don't know yet. 
the bigger question for me has been, and this is why I've talked about this past couple of days, who are the individuals who were executed with their hands and their feet bound? That's what we need to find out. Who are they? Who is responsible for that? Those are the ones that definitely need to be brought to justice. So continues to be a very complicated situation, but I'm just urging everybody to not automatically believe everything that comes out of Ukraine. All right, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, WOWO, 107.5 FM. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for Jason's Automotive in Edwardsburg, Michigan. And again, they serve all of Michiana. This is where we take our vehicles to get serviced. In fact, we could take a vehicle over there here in uh, the next couple of weeks to get serviced. And since the warm weather is coming, you might want to make sure that your air conditioner is in tip-top shape. So go to Jason's Automotive, get your AC serviced. You can also get your batteries changed and make sure the brakes are taken care of. And, of course, get your seasonal oil changes as well as other major repairs. And JasonAutoTruckRepair.com is the website if you want to go ahead and see more. And you can visit them on Main Street in Edwardsburg, Michigan. And as always, please let Jason's Automotive know that I sent you. Very interesting things happening in the realm of social media. Not only will my social media network be launching here soon, it's getting ready to go into the testing phase for my Discord users, but you've got Elon Musk, who has now taken 9.2% of Twitter. And I know that that doesn't seem like a lot, but as we explained yesterday, the next highest shareholder is Jack Dorsey himself, and he only has 2.25% of Twitter. So Elon Musk, by far and away, owns more Twitter than anybody else, until further notice. Uh, Will a group come together and, you know, basically get above him? Maybe. It's possible. But a couple of things have happened. He's now going to join the board of directors. We're wondering if this is going to happen and how he would be able to influence things Um, And would they kind of strategize and ally against him and try to force him out? But he is going to be invited to the board of directors. Of course, Elon Musk has been a big advocate for reforms over at Twitter, less censorship, uh, more even handed application of their rules and regulations. And that has not been going on, obviously, for many, many years, which is why there's been an exodus away from Twitter and people have gone to other platforms. And, you know, first it was Parler, well, Gab, Parler was the big Twitter exodus. Um, you have Getter now, of course, Telegram, MeWe, a bunch of others that people have just kind of splintered off to. Um, I've settled on Telegram. I'm trying to to play nice with Getter. It's They're not playing nice back with me, so I don't know how much longer I'll be on there. But if you're on Getter, uh, prove me wrong. If Getter you know, ends up growing substantially, then by all means, I'll stay on it. But if I continue to run into roadblocks on Getter, I probably won't be long for that platform. So Telegram is still the best place to get me. And then, of course, uh, in the near future, the new social network, which I will be building and installing on the new website, will uh, will be launched. And I expect that hopefully in a month or so. So you've got uh, you've got this situation here with, with Twitter. And now what, is, what has been happening is everybody at Twitter, because Twitter is run by a bunch of crazy leftists. I mean, they're run by mostly psychopaths. And they have decided that they were going to publicly and vocally make their opposition to Elon Musk, the company's largest shareholder. (laughs) And they are really upset 
one person, my name is Jackson Mulholland, and I'm one of many people here working at Twitter in charge of developing terms and conditions for users. We're not stripping away free speech. We're protecting users from bullies, bigots, and spam. I refuse to work for Elon Musk. I'm resigning. And then he put a uh, rainbow LGBT flag on there. Cool. Bye. <laughs> Your terms are acceptable. I hope more of them do it. Because obviously they are stripping away free speech. They are only allowing some bullies. Let me give you an example here. So Trump can't be on Twitter. Putin is. Many Republican political candidates can't be on Twitter. The Kremlin is. The Ayatollah is. Anti-Semitic Farrakhan is. The list goes on and on. J.K. Rawlings was just threatened with murder by a trans activist this last week. Did Twitter remove that bullying post? No, they didn't. Has Twitter done any fact checks of all of the repeated lies that the Biden administration has been putting out there that are even debunked by the left-wing fact checkers? No, they haven't. But God forbid you post something that people like Jackson Mulholland over at Twitter don't like, they're going to take you down. So Jackson Mulholland is a liar. Uh, as are the other individuals at Twitter. And we've we talked about some of who those individuals are over the past, but he's not the only one. So if you ask me, good. You know, you've got Spotify. Now, Spotify, by the way, has become my biggest podcast platform. Uh, it took about two months for Spotify to overtake my old, my old platforms and become the number one place where people listen to my show. So if you go to Spotify and you're you're listening to your podcasts, your music, whatever, you, you know, Spotify has a bunch of crazy Twitter-like people that they employ there, and they don't like Joe Rogan. And the main reason that they don't like Joe Rogan, well, there's two reasons. One, he doesn't buy into the transgender um, narrative, okay? He's been very respectful of trans people. He will refer to them by their preferred pronoun, but he's not going to pretend the science isn't the science, and he's not going to replace real science with pseudo-trans science. That's his position. That has been his position for years. And as a result, he has been attacked for that position many times by the trans activist community. Um, even though most of the trans people that I know don't have a problem with Joe Rogan, and they actually like his show quite a bit. It's just the activists that we're dealing with here. And they've constantly come after him since he's been on that platform. Then he had the audacity to point out some accurate scientific information about some, some COVID stuff. And as a result, he's being attacked. By all of these people, for the record, who don't know anything about the science of COVID, don't know anything about the science of any of the research behind any of the medications or anything like that, they're just a bunch of 20 and 30-something know-nothings who have power, and as a result, they are deciding to, to go after Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan finally just told him over the weekend, he said, look, if I'm going to be censored and this stuff is going to continue to happen, because they removed a bunch of his episodes from Spotify, he goes, if this is going to continue to happen, I'm leaving. Now, friendly reminder... Joe Rogan didn't need Spotify. Joe Rogan went to Spotify because he was worried about the censorship that was happening on YouTube with the people that he interviewed on his show and, of course, his own program. So if he interviewed, let's say, Donald Trump, this happens to anybody who interviews Donald Trump. When that video goes on YouTube, it is taken down. Doesn't matter what Trump says. Doesn't matter what Trump does. If there's an interview with Donald Trump that goes on YouTube, it is taken down. It's automatic. He has been completely blacklisted from that platform. Again, Vladimir Putin, Russia, they, they've got all of their stuff up there. Um, but, you know, 
Donald Trump can't be up there. And this is this is obviously a serious issue. And so we we get to a point where he, you know, Joe Rogan says, I don't like this censorship. I'm going to go to Spotify. Spotify promises not to censor him. Spotify censors some of his stuff. Okay. And he's embarrassed by some of the things that he said in the past because he doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, even though they were not racist at all. He was quoting other people. And so he he says, you know what, just for the sake of it, for him being a, a self-admitted left-wing guy, he's going to take it down so he didn't hurt anybody's feelings because he doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But now he's at a point where it's like, if you guys keep this up, I'm going to leave. And if he leaves, there's going to be a mass exodus away from Spotify. And where is Joe Rogan going to go? Well, there's one platform that's offered him a lot of money to be exclusive on that platform. What platform is that? The one that most of you are watching this show on right now, Rumble. Rumble has offered him a lot of money to exclusively come to Rumble. And Rumble hasn't censored anybody that I'm aware of. Rumble hasn't taken anybody's content down that I'm aware of. They don't mess with me. They've never done anything to my programming. Anytime there's an issue with with Rumble, it's just because there's a simple technical glitch, and it's usually resolved in a couple of hours. And if you're sitting there and you're you're a person like Joe Rogan and you're going, well, you know, I came to Spotify because I was worried about censorship, but now I've got the employees throwing a hissy fit, just like the Twitter employees are throwing a hissy fit with Elon Musk. Maybe I'm going to go to a different platform. So maybe Elon Musk fixes Twitter. It's possible. He's going to have a lot of say as their largest investor until further notice. I assume that there's going to be a move to not make him the largest one. But he's going to have a lot of power and a lot of say. He's on the board of directors now. And he's been gathering for you know some time on his Twitter profile, if you follow him. He's been gathering all of these suggestions from people on what needs to be fixed on Twitter. And he's going to present that stuff. The real question is, will those, will those solutions to the problems of Twitter actually be implemented? And will they be implemented fairly? That becomes the issue because you've got people like this other dude... This Jackson Moholland and other Twitter uh, employees who are absolutely furious. I got news for you. I, he's not alone. I mean, Andy No did a really good job of documenting a bunch of Twitter employees and tagging Elon Musk in it. Hey, these are all the people who are threatening to quit because you're the you're the uh, the main shareholder over there now. So we'll see exactly what ends up happening. I hope he fixes it, but if he doesn't, he's going to start another social media platform. Speaking of, we got to talk about Truth Social because some of you are still trying to get on Truth Social. And I'll be honest, they're in a little trouble. Okay, they're in a little trouble and we need to talk about that. Casey Hendrickson here on News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for AllNaturalCBD.org. If you've got minor aches or pains, you've got muscle spasms, if you've got even itchy skin, I've had a lot of listeners send me messages that it works on itchy skin too. Go to AllNaturalCBD.org and pick up the CBD lotion. This is full spectrum CBD, not that cheap isolate garbage. Full spectrum CBD, you can get it in 250, 500, or 1,000 milligrams and it works within within seconds. You're not going to stink. You're not going to smell like a medicine ball. It's not designed to distract you from the actual pain that you're dealing with. And this could very well provide some, some serious relief for you. So all you got to do is go to allnaturalcbd.org, promo code KC10. You'll save 10%.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190-1075 FM. Want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us today. Make sure you go watch the show. And uh, I just uh, stuffed my face full of food in that last news break. So I should be able to engage with you <laughs> during the commercial breaks going forward. So go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. If you want to watch there, you can also watch on my website at theburningtruth.us. Okay. Let's talk about the engagement rank, uh, rate, excuse me, not rank, rate for Truth Social. This is Trump's social media network. Many of you are still waiting to get on the network. I have an Android phone, so it's not even available to me yet. Um, this has been very frustrating for a lot of people, especially those of us who had our name on their list really early and we didn't get in. So this is this is frustrating, right? Uh, we're stuck on some of these other laboring networks or networks that we don't like. Facebook still rarely lets you see my posts. Uh, you know, seriously throttled. Even though I've removed my old administrator, they, they're still threatening to take my page away on Facebook. So it's like, I don't know when that's going to happen. Um but there's massive engagement on Truth Social, and they're releasing these numbers because they want they want people to understand that, you know, when you go to Truth Social and you post stuff, it's not going to be this derelict website where your posts just hang up there and nobody responds to them at all. Uh, that's kind of what Parler has become. Uh, even though Parler, I think, is sending bots to follow people right now, Parler is basically a derelict website at this point in time. Uh, there are still some people who post over there. Uh, when I post, I get no reactions to anything that I post in spite of my follower count. Uh, it, it just, it, I don't know, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Parler has this weird exclusive deal with Melania Trump where she exclusively posts over there, which is strange considering her husband owns Truth Social, but there is rumors that they are going to add several social networks to the Truth Social family. And I wonder if Parler might be a part of that. It's entirely possible. I don't know. We have to see what they do. Um, but they've released some of the data on the engagement rate, okay? How oppressive and obvious is Twitter's shadow banning of conservatives? This is Sean Davis. The same message on Truth Social got two times the engagement as it did on Twitter, despite the audience that is 95% smaller. Interesting. And there's several examples of this over on Truth Social, with the engagement rates being through the roof. And one of the frustrating things is where if you, if like I go from somewhere, so when Facebook shut me down, I went from having my biggest audience on Facebook, uh, once I left Twitter, my biggest audience was on Facebook, and, you know, thousands of engagements or thousands of interactions, you know, every couple of posts or what have you, a uh, lot of posts, I got it down to where I would at least get two to 3,000 interactions with that post. Um, every time I posted, and it went to 20. So it went from like 3,000, 2 to 3,000 to like 20, not 20,000, 20. And that's when I started to notice, okay, they're shutting me down. And even now, there are some posts where I can get, you know, a couple of hundred engagements maybe, uh, but it's really throttled. And that becomes the issue. You head over to Telegram, and I was on, you know, when I was on Telegram and I had like 600 followers, I was having a higher engagement rate on Telegram with 600 followers than on Facebook with 11,000, and it didn't make any sense. So the same thing is basically happening on Truth Social, and they have 
posted several screenshots kind of highlighting this. So if you're going to go to Truth Social, the good news is, is that it appears that people are very active over there and you will have comments and shares and likes and that sort of thing uh, with the content. Um, obviously, that's going to depend on your audience and, and your reach and that sort of thing. But still very good. That's why I'm waiting to get in. I would love to be on Truth Social. I'd love to basically just tell you that Truth Social is the place to go get me. But um, that's not happening at this point in time. And here's the reason why. So this is Axios. Uh, Truth Social has missed another deadline as users report waitlist issues. Now, I've had a couple of people on my, my Discord server who have been routinely updating us with their place in line, if you will, to get onto Truth Social. And some of them have gotten on. Some of them have not gotten on yet. Uh, obviously, anybody with an Android device has not officially gotten on uh, Truth Social at this point in time. But we were told that by the end of March, Truth Social would be open and everybody would be let in. That hasn't happened. So here we are five days into April and you've got the government kind of looking at this and going, um, what's going on here? Now, uh, there's a couple of things that have to be considered. One, massive demand. Lots of people want on Truth Social. And I actually think it's a smart idea to kind of do these little waves of allowing people in so your servers don't get overloaded and you don't uh, end up, you know, a massive victim to a cyber attack or the network goes down or what have you. It's better just to let a short period of people in, keep things growing steadily, make sure you're getting those glitches and things like that out. But at the same time, it's very frustrating for the end user. That's why I was telling you leading up to this. This is going to be very in demand, and you're probably going to have a lot of issues with it. Uh, that happens with anything that just takes off, you know, and obviously Truth Social was going to take off. We all knew it was, and it did. Now, the reason that you have to be a little concerned, and there's no threat of taking Truth Social away, but they might get some fines here from the government. Um, basically, what has happened is because they, they have that initial IPO uh, where they went public and they've missed some of these deadlines as a part of that FBO, the SPAC is, uh, is said to be under federal investigation. So the SPAC is, is the Trump company that owns it. Uh, so shares are declining and stock prices are falling on it, but there is an investigation into Truth Social and, and whether or not they were honest to their IPO and that sort of thing. Like I said, they may face some fines, depending, uh, but it's not in any danger of going anywhere. So hopefully, hopefully they get things fixed and they'll open it up for everybody here in the near future. All right, Casey Hendrickson here. Again, you're listening to Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, streaming right now on rumble.com slash Casey, the host, and also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, whoa, 107.5 FM. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. Allow me to paint you a picture of my night last night. Uh, I woke up soaking wet in the middle of the night. I was drenched in sweat. It was disgusting, and it was vile. And you know why? It's because I don't have my my pillow sheets on my bed right now. I've got the cheap horrendously awful, non-breathable store sheets. <clears throat> My delicate body needs better. So does yours. So go to MyPillow.com. Pick up the MyPillow sheets. They are super, super soft. They are Giza cotton, ladies and gentlemen. Giza cotton only grows in a few parts of the world around the Mediterranean, and it is highly sought after for a reason. So go get your Giza Dream Sheets right now for as low as $39.99. That is a 60% savings with promo code Casey. And while you're there, pick up a new pillow. You need a premium pillow so you sleep better at night to go with your great sheets. The standard MyPillow is just $19.98. 
with promo code KCCASEY at mypillow.com. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I uh, did have a question about my forthcoming social network. It's it's not going to be like a Facebook-like competitor or anything like that. It's um, There are people who are on my Discord server who really love it. And there are people who don't like Discord. They prefer a social media environment to like a message form environment. And... I just figured, why not? I've always toyed around with the idea of putting a social network in in my my show's website. I've considered this for over a decade at least. And finally, I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to do it. The, the time is right. Uh, I don't have any excuse to keep it, you know, everything off. So uh, when the new website launches, there will be a social media network built into it where you can have your own user, your own groups, your own friends, uh, that sort of thing. And and it's going to be, it's going to be, um, I think, pretty interesting. The testing so far has gone really, really well. I've been very happy with it. So it's not going to be like a competitor to Truth Social or Twitter or anything like that. It's mostly for my audience and anybody who would find this community to be interesting to hang out in. The appeals court has upheld a $31 million judgment against Oberlin College for helping students defame the bakery. This is a very important ruling and we've been following this story since it first broke. And I just, I, I wanted to take a few minutes before we get to the end of the hour here. We're going to have Clifton French joining us in a little bit. And he's going to be talking about how um, adult, gay adult film stars have been visiting students in our local schools here. Isn't that wonderful? So this is a, a big deal because you're dealing with uh, the mob slandering a business and the business fighting back. A Midwest hotbed of progressive activism must pay a family-owned bakery $31 million for promoting defamatory claims, including that the bakery has a history of racially profiling and discriminating against college students and assaulted a black student. Now, this did not happen. This is all a fake news story a couple of years back. Ohio's 9th Judicial District Court of Appeals refused to vacate a $25 million judgment against Oberlin College or $6 million in attorney's fees for Gibson's Bakery. The unanimous ruling, unanimous, rejected Oberlin's arguments that the jury received the wrong instructions, damages should have been capped, and that the fee award was too high. Now, what's interesting about this is that Oberlin College is basically saying, hey, um, you, you know, we tried to destroy this business, and how dare they try and get, you know, $25 million from us? That, that's too high. Well, you've just destroyed an entire family legacy. Who knows, who knows what could become of that business or how it would be passed down or what have you, okay? I don't even think the business is, is, even, um, is even able to be profitable on this campus anymore if it's still open. I don't remember if it is. I'm a little too lazy to, to look it up. The trial judge had lowered compensatory and punitive damages down from the jury's initial $44 million in line with state law. The NAACP characterized the trial ruling as an attack on civil rights, and that's because the NAACP is itself an attack on civil rights, and they are a parody of what a real activist organization is supposed to be. I don't know how else to tell you. They're a joke. They didn't used to be. They shouldn't be, but they have become an absolute and total joke in most of their chapters, including this one. Media organizations and free speech groups said that it would have chilling effects, especially on the First Amendment rights of students. Oh, 
So you've got a bunch of media types and free speech groups going out there and saying it's okay to demonize and slander and lie about people. I got news for you. That's not what the First Amendment is about. You cannot lie about people and slander them. You can't do it. That's the whole reason that we can sue for libel. That's the entire reason that we can do this. Donald Trump, when he was to tell people, he's like, I'm look, you keep lying about me, I'm going to sue you. And then the media would be all up and out, oh, freedom of the press. No, freedom of the press does not mean you get to lie about people. Okay? We're not allowed to do certain things or we lose licenses and things like that in public broadcasting. And one of those things is you can't intentionally mislead your audience. You can't do it. And if they can prove that they can, you can be in big trouble. So you're not allowed to do that stuff. The appeals court alluded to those claims in the Friday ruling, but said that the case had nothing to do with students' First Amendment rights, which, of course, it does not. Black Oberlin students pled guilty to attempted theft and aggravated trespassing in 2017, stemming from a wine shoplifting incident. Their plea deal included an admission that a Gibson's employee who tackled one of them was not acting due to racism. So, again, they were being robbed. They were being harassed. They detained somebody who robbed them. They were accused of racism as a result of it. Massive protests and boycotts and everything else. And even the suspects admitted it wasn't racism. They pled guilty to their crimes. But that doesn't that didn't change the, the mob mentality in the onslaught. Their arrest prompted a student protest demanding a boycott against the bakery. Then the dean of students, Meredith Raimondo, who recently joined uh, Oglethorpe College, distri- distributed at least one copy of a flyer with defamatory statements at the student protest to a local journalist who then testified that he didn't ask for it. So a local journalist goes into the trial and says, yeah, uh, the dean of students handed me this flyer. I didn't ask them for it. They handed it to me. So they were actively promoting it themselves in an official capacity as the dean of students. So therefore, it's not just the students that defamed the bakery, but it was in fact the college, hence the lawsuit. The college refused to correct defamatory statements on the flyer and in a student senate resolution emailed to the student body and posted in a campus display case, even after learning the racial profiling and assault claims might be false. So once they learned that the supposed racial profiling and the assault of a black student, once they learned that those are not true, they still kept up all of these lies about the bakery and the bakery suit. It's exactly what the media did to to uh, the uh, Covington Covington kid. It's exactly what the media did to, to Kyle Rittenhouse, and it's what they've done to countless others. As I've told you before, you know, I know that uh, conservatives and, and libertarians traditionally don't believe in suing people, but you had better start suing everybody now. That's the only way that they're ever going to learn that they can't engage in this type of behavior. You have to make them pay for it with their wallets. It's the only way they will ever understand. And then maybe, maybe that proverbial swat on the nose will somehow, some way correct their behavior. More coming up, 95.3 MNC and 1190-1075 FM. 5.3 Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190-1075 FM in Fort Wayne. Before I bring my, my next guest on, and Clifton is a regular here, we, we know Clifton, we love Clifton, we talk about a lot of his stories on this show. 
Um, but I need to let all of you know in the audience, we're going to be dealing with some mature themes and some mature topics here. So if you are in an environment around children, you may want to consider turning the show off for the next 15 minutes or so. If you are at work, you may want to stick headphones in. Uh, if this is, you know, if you're in an environment where you could get in trouble or younglings can hear some things that you don't want to have to explain or, or talk about, this would be the time for you to do that while we bring Clifton French on. And Clifton French is an investigative reporter with RealNewsMichiana.com. Clifton, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing great, Casey. What's going on? Not much. So um, this this is interesting considering all of the times that I have covered stories in my career about retired ex-adult film stars who just want to do reading with kids or something like that and being kicked out or the teachers who have been fired for having a night gig, whether they are, you know, dancing on a stage or if they have only fans or even I even had a story where one was a cocktail waitress and she got fired because the parents found out that she was a cocktail waitress and they didn't want her teaching their kids anymore, even though her students would would have never seen her at work. So I've done a lot of these stories, and yet here we find out that a gay adult film star is speaking to kids in Goshen? <laughs> yeah, how about that, Casey? <laughs> like, how, I know, what? Like, you got to laugh. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know how else, to, how else to respond to this, right? I mean, you have an, an active gay porn star yeah. who is invited and speaks to between six and 18-year-olds at a boys and girls club in Goshen. Now, okay, he's also claimed that he's been in the schools, though. It's not, I mean, the boys okay. and girls club is bad enough, don't get me wrong, okay, but uh -huh. but he's also claimed he's been invited to speak to, like, classes. Yeah, so I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm trying to get, get to the bottom of, um, uh, to confirm this. However, he okay. told the Goshen News that he was invited to speak at the high school, and then he went to the high school, right? Okay. I have, sent, uh, I have submitted a Freedom of Information Act request for emails and any documents showing that he spoke there because I couldn't find any other thing that showed that he was there. Okay. Right? I don't know. Maybe a teacher invited him to just specifically to speak to, in that teacher's class, um, but he had claimed that he was invited and went to, um, went to there. Now, the only reason that I found out that this guy went to – um, was able to confirm that he actually went to um, the Boys and Girls Club was because he talked about it on social media. He had a post, um, and then the experience manager of the Boys and Girls Club, her name is Natalie Jerlecki, yeah. uh, commented saying, I love you. Thank you for visiting the kids at, at the Boys and Girls Club. They are still talking about you. And staff, too. And staff, too. Yeah. So this guy, his name is Tell Williams, right? Okay. Um, he graduated from Goshen High School in 2009. Yeah, he's from the area. Um, he's from the area, and he, he, he started working. He claims that he started working in preschools as a, as a pre-K teacher um, you know, shortly after college. Okay. Um, and then he's worked in preschools for nine years. Now, there's honestly some debate to that. I know he's worked in some preschools. He claims to be this teacher. Um, what I'm getting is that he may just be an assistant in these preschools. Right? Okay. 
some, so, so he's, information on that. So he could be a teacher in the sense that Joe Biden was a professor at Penn. Or Jill Biden's a doctor. Or Jill Biden is a, okay. All right. So he may not actually yeah. be a teacher. Okay. Yeah. But he's in so, the classroom. He's, he's in the environment. Is he still to this day or at least, or he was? He was up, I know, at least until 2020. I don't know anymore. Okay. But what he started doing was these TikTok videos, right? About yeah. um, essentially saying like, hey, I'm this gay, um, I am this gay pre-K teacher. Okay. Right? Um, and, and they took off. He has 2.1 million followers on TikTok. So he became TikTok famous. All of these kids love him. Uh, all okay. these young people love him. Um, they, they, they will, I mean, you, you look on, on social media and you have all these young kids. I mean, we're talking middle school, elementary, middle, high school kid, aged kids talking about how they, oh, this guy is legitimate. He is the TikTok famous, right? Okay. Um, and so he also has about 30,000 likes on OnlyFans. He has a very large following on OnlyFans, which okay. is an adult site. Um, he has about 200 videos and pictures of his genitalia and of him masturbating Okay. on OnlyFans. Okay. Um, he is making a lot of money um, showing his genitalia. Okay. All right, well, let me get it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. now it, when he's doing the TikTok videos – is he actively promoting his adult business, or is he just promoting? It's it's really easy to find, right? So not so. I mean, I, I so I didn't go through all of his TikTok videos. Okay. However, if you go through his Twitter that promotes all of his TikTok stuff, all of his other things, right? Uh-huh. He is also on Twitter promoting his OnlyFans. So um, if if you're following him on TikTok and his TikTok is linked to his Twitter and you follow him on his Twitter, you're getting you're getting the other side of it. He's not he, he hasn't created a wall of separation where he could be oh, creating not. content for younger people and then he also has this other life that he lives. He is he is he is not hiding it. Okay. He's not hiding it. I mean, he even on Twitter, he has a he he and I'm going to I'm going to caution myself on how I explain it. Yeah, please he don't get me a, fired. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he put, he puts a poll out. Oh, the um, poll. Yes, I saw that. Okay. Poll, yeah, yeah. He puts the poll out on Twitter where he's also promoting everything. I mean, this is public for everybody to see. Yeah, right? you've got screenshots in the article. Yep, yes. I have screenshots of that. He puts this poll out on Twitter um, asking people what. Various adult act activities like you would like to yeah. see him perform. Yes. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm just going to take the wheel on that one, Clifton. Along, along with along with all of his talking about being a preschool teacher. Okay. And and that was videos. and that was the main reason that I wanted to bring that up because again mm-hmm. I, I have defended people who are teachers, but at night maybe they have a second job or what have you, mm-hmm. and if the kids don't know about it, I'm I'm okay. Okay. If the parents find out about it, that's because the parents are doing something maybe they shouldn't be doing, but. Um, but if he hasn't created that barrier, then he's got a lot of young people who follow him who know that he's producing this other content, and well, the bleed over is very, very real. And in these videos um, that he puts on TikTok, yeah, he jokes about these sexual things, these sexual conversations that he has with children. Extremely sexual. I mean, we're talking lingo that a lot of adults don't understand now is he trying to now is he just doing a sketch or is he actually saying that he's having these conversations with the kids that he's in the classroom with right now he calls he calls himself a comedian but he is an actual uh he is an actual kindergarten i mean 
the, the line here that he is drawing is, is really hard to tell. Yeah. It is so blurred that I, I believe that we are jumping back and forth between truth and, 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 and maybe satire here and there. All right. Clifton, um, I'm on a hard break because we're simulcasting with Fort Wayne today. So here's what we yeah. got to do. Go to realnewsmichiana.com. Clifton French has this story up there right now. We'll link to it in the daily show prep. Clifton, appreciate everything you do, man. Hey, thanks, Casey. All right, take care. com. Everybody, Casey Hendrickson here for R&B Car Company. This is where we purchased our last vehicle. Absolutely love the dealerships over there. And again, they got multiple locations all over. They got South Bend, they got Warsaw, got Columbia City. So wherever is closest to you, visit that showroom. And they don't have an issue moving vehicles between dealerships. They do it all the time for customers. It isn't something that is an inconvenience for you to ask. If there's a vehicle at a different location that you would like to test drive, let them know. They will get that vehicle sent over so you are able to go ahead and test drive that vehicle. Low pressure, fair prices, good financing, and just straight shooters. Go to rbcarcompany.com to take a look at their inventory. R&B Car Company, let them know I sent you. All right, so this is where the obligatory sorry, Pat, comes in. (laughs) Sorry, Pat. Oh, man. Um, But here's the thing. I've talked about these types of stories for many, many years, and this is always – there's always been an issue with this where you have, you know, a parent who moonlights in a different job, another – or excuse me, a teacher who moonlights in in a job, And then we have a parent who finds out about it and the parent gets the teacher fired because the parent doesn't want that person around their children. Well, I always thought that that was a little silly uh, as long as the the teacher is not bringing that moonlighting endeavor into the classroom. Obviously, that would be the problem. Obviously, the parents know about their moonlighting for various reasons. We did one not that long ago, did a story that, that long ago about a, uh, a mother who is not even allowed to be on the PTA anymore uh, because she got an OnlyFans and she started producing content on OnlyFans and she wasn't even allowed to participate in the PTA. They kicked her out of that because they didn't want her around children at all. And so I, I find it very interesting that you go for years of that to now all of a sudden, you know, somebody in the adult industry can be brought in to talk to kids at the Boys and Girls Club, at, you know, the public school. And it's very interesting to me how that shift has just kind of happened. And with the other cases, they're at least separating their their lifestyles. So the kids should not, unless they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, the kids should not know what other stuff is happening. But in this case, there's concern that there isn't that wall of separation that has been created there to protect young people who might be a fan of his TikToks and their ability to find his other content. That becomes the real concern there. And then, of course, there's, let's just say it, I mean, the G word is going to rear its ugly head when you have a situation like that. When you have somebody in the adult industry actively promoting themselves and making their adult content available to underage people, or at least known to underage people, so they can seek out said content, um, the word grooming has to be at least considered. 
whether intentional or not, that is something that must be considered. And I think that if you were to find a lot of parents who were involved in in the hearing about all of that, because here's the thing, those kids come home, right? And those kids will tell mom and dad, oh, yeah, this famous TikToker came in today. They didn't tell mom and dad the whole truth, though, did they? Of course they did. If they told mom and dad the whole truth, we would have heard about this a long time ago. And it would have been a much bigger deal, right? I think everybody knows that. So while I'm all for people living their life and, and earning money however they want to earn their money in a legal capacity, there clearly exists some kind of a way. You have got to separate that when you also produce content for young people or you're speaking to young people. There's, there, you can't allow that to bleed over into that because that is, um, that is a, that's a horrendous offense, actually. And if, if somebody were to call you a groomer, a groomer for doing that, they're not going to be wrong, whether you meant to do it or you were just naive or what have you. And I'll let you decide if he's meaning to do it or if he's just naive. I'll let you completely decide all of that. Um, I think you probably know where, generally speaking, I will fall in on that. Yeah, uh, suggestions have come through on the Discord server. Uh, word of the day on the Rumble video. In the comment section, not in the Rumble Rants live chat, but in the comment section, word of the day should probably be, sorry, Pat. So that's the phrase of the day. Sorry, Pat. Just go to the Rumble live stream and comment underneath the video there on rumble.com slash Casey, the host, as we hack the algorithm. Um, Speaking of preying upon kids, uh, Kamala Harris decided to visit some students and have a photo op. And I have to ask this, why is it that every Democrat who has a photo op with kids in school, every single one of them, why do they all take their mask off while making the kids wear theirs? Why is that? This is like a universal thing now. I mean, what do we got? Like, even, yep, producer's shaking her head, yes. Why is that? Why? Like, every Democrat. What do you got, like two or three dozen Democrats doing this now? They... Okay, they don't have their mask on. The kids have to have their mask on. And what did Governor DeSantis do? Governor DeSantis was in that position. Governor DeSantis came up. The college students had their masks on. He goes, you don't have to wear that. You can take that off if you don't want to. We don't need to do this mask theater. If you want to wear it, fine, but you don't have to. And he was assaulted and lied about. One of the the, the kids, uh, kids, teenagers' moms called the local news for crying out loud. And she she was yelling at Governor DeSantis on the local news about how this is my kid. And if I want him to wear a mask, he's supposed to wear a mask. And she's doing all of this without a mask on. (laughs) It's like, really? So So Kamala Harris, she goes to a, a, uh, was it Neville Thomas Elementary School in Washington, D.C. She went there yesterday. Does a photo op with students. Okay. Uh, these were supposed to be, uh, I don't know if this is a black school or not, but the story is she did a photo op with young black students. I, I don't know what that's all about, but whatever. Um, and she announced a $500 million in school grants to increase energy efficiency and to promote progressive causes such as better health and education outcomes. Uh, better health and education outcomes are a progressive cause now. Really? Really? Okay. And <laughs> you say so. Uh, for decades, our country has chronically underinvested in our public schools, and far too many of our school districts have gone without important repairs and upgrades to buildings and to classrooms. Of course, 
That is Kamala Harris just lying through her teeth. That or she is genuinely that dumb and doesn't know. Uh, the United States spends more per pupil in adjusted dollars than anywhere else in the world. And we get almost the least return on our investment. Uh, money is not the issue. This is a lie that has been debunked over and over and over and over again. Uh, there are other factors that are issues, but money, not one of them. Following her prepared remarks, Harris invited young black students all masked, uh, let's see, per compulsory guidelines supported by the Biden administration, up onto the stage for a photo session. Harris, who is uh, half Indian, half Jamaican descendant, did not don a mask for the photo op. But it's good to know that they all did. Oh, oh, there are three of these little monsters on stage, three of them, not wearing their mask properly. It's below their nose. I, I don't know what we, what do we do? To, do you know what we, Alyssa, do you know what we do to people who don't wear their mask properly anymore? Like, are they still like shunned and shipped off to China? People who have the mask below their nose or do we, we accept that now? She's uncomfortable answering the question. I think that we should probably just ship them off to China. That's where they belong. They don't belong here. Okay. They're trying to kill grandma and Kamala Harris, no mask. Three of these little monsters not wearing their mask properly. The other ones are all fine. <sighs> Why is it always left-wing politicians doing this? Every single time. What was the last one? Was the last one Stacey Abrams, or did one happen after Stacey Abrams? Now, in Stacey Abrams' defense, they don't make face masks large enough for her face. So there's that. <clears throat> I do, do with that what you will. Um, she is, after all, uh, appearing on Star Trek as the unified planet earth president or whatever nonsense by the way the new season of picard is utter and total trash and garbage uh turned it off fought through like three episodes of it will not watch another one uh let's see what what do we have in in the picard series um ice agents and border patrol are the gestapo police officers are all bad uh, which is, by the way, why we have a massive increase in police shootings is because of shows like uh, like Picard. Um, there's a bunch of Nazi references and things like that. It's it's an all all on onslaught against anything that you might value. That's what it is. It's just absolute and complete unwatchable garbage. All right, we got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WoWo 107.5. FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. Uh, speaking of the hot garbage that the second season of Picard is, and, you know, is somebody who's been a Star Trek fan, I was like, yeah, look, I heard, I heard what Patrick Stewart said about the first season and it was going to be a rejection of everything Trump. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch it anyway. I resisted for a long time, but I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. Just as a as a fan, I'll watch it. I've never watched a single episode of Discovery, but I don't consider that Star Trek. So I'm, I, I watched the first season, and there's a couple of times where they slipped some stuff in. But overall, it actually wasn't a rejection of Trump. It was actually a celebration of Trump which is always funny to point out people. This is a rejection of Trump, and in fact, they actually embrace his ideals. Uh, it happens a lot in uh, in Hollywood. But I season two is designed to be 
social justice warrior, woke, the police are evil, um, the police abuse citizens, immigrations and customs enforcement, they are Nazis and racists and all of that. That's all it is. There isn't a plot to the show. It is just, we're going to travel back in time, which has been done in Star Trek many, many times, to change something in the past so the future doesn't change. How many, how many of you Star Trek fans have seen that story play out in the Star Trek universe over and over and over again? It is a boring old trope. And all it is, it was an excuse to travel back in time to the current day. So we can be attacked by Patrick Stewart and the other cast of Star Trek and the writers and everything else. That's all it is. It, it is just 100% nonsense. And speaking of that, the reason I want to bring that up, in recent years, entertainment executives have vowed to make a genuine commitment to diversity, but are still routinely criticized for falling short. Obviously, with everything's happening in Disney um, and some of the revelations about DreamWorks, not DreamWorks, um, what's it, Pixar. And, and this is... People are getting upset with this stuff. This is why the Daily Wire investing $100 million into children's programming is going to be such a good thing. To signal that they are taking steps to address the issue, Hollywood studios have signed contracts with numerous companies and nonprofits to help them avoid the reputational damage that comes with having a movie or an episode of a TV show face accusations of bias. Now, I know it's just a Tuesday. And some of you probably are like, what did I just hear? Um, Hollywood studios hire firms to read scripts and make sure that the scripts are woke enough. Because if they're not, they have to be altered. And what always changes? Woke language, which means job security for all of these firms. Because the language is ever-evolving and always changing, something that wasn't offensive two or three years ago is suddenly offensive now. Get how that works? It's a nice little racket, and that's what it is. It's a racket. When a great idea is there, and then it's only talked about because of the social implications, that must be heartbreaking for creators who spend years on something, Mrs. Twig said. To get it into the world, the only thing anyone wants to talk about are the ways that it can come up short. So we're trying to help make that not happen. Oh. Or, you know, you could just embrace... Embrace it as an art form and tell everybody to shut up and just make whatever you want to make. You know, look, Friends is, whether you want to like it or not, uh, Friends is one of the most successful shows ever in the history of television. And Friends is canceled routinely on a regular basis about once a year by the mob because some episode of Friends plays. And in the episode, there's something problematic. And naturally, it turns usually one or two episodes that ends up coming up every year. There's this massive movement to get friends just completely banned. Banned from television, banned from Netflix, banned from anywhere else that might carry it, so you can't actually see it. And for people who grew up with friends as, like, the biggest show in the world, they don't really understand how that is. And that's because the language has changed. And so we apply today's standard to things that happened back then. We see this with statues. We see this with historical figures. We see this with all sorts of stuff. Um some of the best things that have ever been created by Hollywood could never be made today. And these are things that have stood the test of time and could not. I mean, look, you've got um, 
you've got all of these books, these classics, To Kill a Mockingbird and Of Mice and Men, and some of these other books that have been banned in schools. Why? Because some of the language in them is offensive. We can have, you know, adult film stars come and talk to kids um, and hand out, you know, cards with their OnlyFans and stuff on it, but you can't have To Kill a Mockingbird in the classroom anymore. Yet the same people who ban those books are really upset when parents don't want books that do have adult material given to elementary school students. And then, of course, you got people hopping onto Twitter and, and saying, well, they're just banning books, basically. I'm like, you guys have been doing that for years. What are you talking about? The only difference is this one actually is age inappropriate. The other ones were just fine. You just thought the language inside of it was offensive, even though the book is completely attacking the institution of slavery because they use the language of the time period. You're offended by it, even though it's anti-slavery. That's we live in this weird, weird, bizarre world. Hate to do another Star Trek reference. Bizarre world. Although, yeah, we'll just not make that Star Trek. It wasn't Star Trek. It was, was Superman, right? Bizarre world was Superman. I don't know. Who cares? Nerds help me out. But this is. We're literally hiring people. To tell us what our movies are allowed to say, what our television shows are allowed to say. And then we wonder why everything on TV is woke nonsense. They won't produce anything else. They won't do it. Anything else that's produced has got to be made by the Daily Wire or be, be done on an independent basis because they just will not in any way, shape, or form produce anything other than what is approved by these folks. Now, I tried saying many, many years ago, when they started bringing these, um, uh, these trainers into the office and they would talk about sexual harassment or racial diversity and things like that, I was like, eventually this is going to turn into an institution and the entire thing is going to be about the institution making money. And so they will constantly move the goalposts. As the goalposts get moved, you are going to start to run into issues with them just coming up with ways to stay relevant. And then we're going to start going down this slippery slope because, again, everything that exists to make money must continue to exist to make money. That's why so many of these activist organizations on major social issues don't actually work to get rid of the social issue because their power, their money, their influence would go away if the issue were resolved so they actually don't want to solve it. They just want to complain about it. And then they want to do things that might actually make the whole thing worse. Anyway, got more coming up. Casey Hendrickson here, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, 107.5 FM. Hey everybody, Casey Hendrickson here on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, 107.5 FM. Well, you're probably starting to notice that uh, you needed some new windows over the bad weather, right? Some of the cold air getting in, you're heading into summer. Some of the hot air getting in, the cold air getting out, just making your home uncomfortable. Or maybe you're having an issue with, uh, with you know overpaying for your air conditioning and your heating bill. Go to Faber's B Window, bwindow.com. They've got a special promotion happening right now. They are offering up to 50% off windows, siding, doors, and porch conversions, plus a $1,000 gas card on every qualifying purchase and 15 years unsecured financing available up to $100,000. 
Go to Faber's B Window, bwindow.com. All right. Something happened with the live stream, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what. Uh, it is not accepting the stream key, which means if you are on Rumble, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to, uh, during the news break, is I'm going to have to create a new live stream and start again. That's where I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do this. So um, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what happened. I don't, I don't think that I'm being pulled off of the stream. I don't think so, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and fix that during the news break, just so you are aware. But I watched it actually go down and I tried to fix it in the normal ways and it didn't work. All right. So here's what we have. There is another bombshell in the Durham report. Okay. In a court filing late last night, Durham, for the first time, suggested Hillary Clinton's campaign, who was just fined by the FEC for lying about the Trump dossier. So in this court filing last night, Durham, for the first time, suggested Hillary Clinton's campaign, her researchers, and others formed a, and I quote, joint venture, or conspiracy for the purpose of weaving the collusion story to harm Trump's election chances and then the start of his presidency. These parties, cite, these parties acted as joint ventures and therefore should be considered as co-conspirators, he wrote. You realize what he just said? He just said that Hillary Clinton's campaign should be considered a co-conspirator in this criminal case that he is investigating. Durham also revealed that he has unearthed a text message showing Hillary Clinton's campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman, falsely told the FBI that he was not working on behalf of any client when he delivered now-discredited anti-Trump research in the lead-up to the 2016 election. Of course, Sussman's in trouble legally anyway. In fact, he was working for the Clinton campaign and one other client, according to prosecutors. The existence of the text message between Sussman and then FBI general counsel James Baker was revealed in a court filing late Monday night by Durham's team. We've already heard this, but now there's an actual text message that goes along with it. Prosecutors said that they intend to show Sussman gave a false story to the FBI, but then told the truth about working on behalf of the Clinton campaign when he later testified to Congress. So here's, uh, here's what this says. Jim, it's Michael Sussman. I have something time-sensitive and sensitive I need to discuss. That's what he texted to James Baker on September 18th, 2016, according to a new court filing. Do you have availability for a short meeting tomorrow? I'm coming on my own, not on behalf of a client or company. Want to help the Bureau? Thanks. Prosecutor said the text message will become essential evidence at trial to show Sussman then lied to the FBI and... The full court filing will be included in the daily show prep today. But this is the gist of it. The defendant lied in that meeting, falsely stating to the general counsel that he was not providing the allegations to the FBI on behalf of any client. And again, you go back to the text message. He says he has something time sensitive and sensitive that he has to discuss. He's coming in on his own, not on behalf of a client or a company. He just wanted to help the FBI out. That wasn't true. He was employed by Hillary Clinton. He worked for Hillary Clinton and another party. And he went to the FBI and he lied to Baker about that. 
In fact, the defendant had assembled and conveyed the allegations to the FBI on behalf of at least two specific clients, including a technology executive, Tech Executive 1, at a U.S.-based Internet company, Internet Company 1, and 2, the Clinton campaign. The prosecutor noted that in-house testimony a year later, Sussman admitted that he made the FBI approach at the instruction of his client. Quote, we had a conversation, as lawyers do with their clients, about client one needs and objectives and the best course to take for a client. Sussman testified in a deposition taken by then House Intelligence Committee Republican Investigative Counsel Cash Patel. And so it may have been a decision that we came to together. I mean, I don't want to imply that I was sort of directing to directed to do something against my better judgment or that we were in any sort of conflict. That's his testimony when he did it. Uh, again, Sussman's in legal trouble anyway. Now, additionally, with this filing that happened last night, Durham also told the court that he plans to present evidence that Sussman worked with the Clinton campaign, tech executive Rodney Joffe. Uh, is it Joffe or Joff? I don't know. Joff sounds better. I'd like to say Joff. Identified as tech executive one and others in a joint venture to promote a now disproven story that Donald Trump had a secret computer channel to the Moscow-based Alpha Bank with the Kremlin to hijack the election. Remember, Casey's rule number one. Whatever the left accuses the right of doing, the left themselves are doing. Without fail. Without fail. As an initial matter, the government expects that the evidence at trial will show that beginning in late July, early August of 2016, the defendant, Tech Executive One, and agents of the Clinton campaign were citing, excuse me, acting in concert towards a common goal, namely the goal of assembling and disseminating the Russian Bank One allegation and other derogatory information about Trump and his associates to the media and the U.S. government. The evidence of a joint venture or conspiracy will establish, according to prosecutors, that in November of 2016, Soon after the presidential election, Tech Executive One emailed a colleague stating, I want tentatively offered, I was tentatively offered the top cybersecurity job by the Democrats when it looked like they'd win. In sum, the special counsel concludes the above evidence, public information, and expected testimony clearly establishes by a preponderance of the evidence that the defendant and tech executive one worked in concert with each other and with agents of the Clinton campaign to research and disseminate the Russian bank one allegation, which of course was a giant farcical lie. That's where we're at. Uh, Cash Patel said Durham has just shown the whole world what major pieces of our Russia gate investigation revealed hard evidence, emails, and text messages showing the Clinton campaign, Fusion GPS, Perkins Coy, Joff, the media were all synced in August of 2016, pushing the false Alpha Bank server story while also all working on the Steele dossier. Durham submits all this evidence as joint venture conspiracy under the rules of evidence. And again, that means that Durham wants all of them, including the Clinton campaign, to be considered co-conspirators in this investigation. This is, if I need to remind you again, this is a criminal investigation that has already had indictments and there are people who are seriously looking at jail time. 
One of them is Sussman. And as we have heard for quite some time, uh, Durham is supposed to, but we've heard this before, I get it, Durham is supposed to be taking people down, but has been taking a sweet time doing it. And I realize that some of you are going to go, well, what does this mean? Is Hillary Clinton going to go to jail? Probably not. Look, she'll she'll do what she can to to shield herself. That's what she does. The important thing is that now physical evidence will finally be released to the public, which will show what we've all known based on leaks and everything else from the very beginning. This was all a giant conspiracy. This was fabricated by, developed by, and coordinated with the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign to lie about a candidate running for president, their political opponent, and then the president of the United States in order to damage and destroy his presidency. That this is, as I've told you before, you know, based on what we know historically, this is the closest attempt to a coup that we had ever had up until the 2020 election. And this is extremely dangerous. Who knows how many times this has happened before? That's the thing is people are asking that question now. I don't I don't know that there's any evidence to suggest it's happened before, but this is so egregious and so dangerous and everybody needs to pay attention to this. And I know that the Hillary acolytes out there need to get their they need to get their egos in check and they need to accept one simple fundamental fact. Hillary Clinton lied to you. She lied to you and she demonized somebody who was not guilty of anything because she wanted to foster that hate in your hearts to win an election, and that was it. More coming up, 953 MNC and eleven ninety WOA 1075 FM. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson, also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190-1075 FM. Uh, just real quick, a bunch of people are wondering what's happening to the live stream. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know. It died in the middle of a segment. I tried to restart it. It wouldn't let me. And... Yeah, they're pretending that I don't have an account. <laughs> they're pretending I actually don't. I'm logged in right now, and they're saying that I don't have an account. And it is really interesting um, because I, I, yeah, no, this is, this is not good. So I don't know what's going on. Okay, so we'll have to deal with that during a commercial break. I apologize. I got a live chat going uh, with the uh, tech support people trying to figure out what's going on. All right, so speaking of election shenanigans, the number of federal-only voters without ID in Arizona is greater than the, the margin of victory. Uh, in Maricopa County alone, there are currently 13,042 active registered voters who have not provided evidence of citizenship to vote. That's interesting. Federal-only voters who did not need to prove their American citizenship before the 2020 presidential election cast more than 11,600 votes in Arizona, a state that President Joe Biden allegedly won by 10,457 votes. My apologies, I misspoke. Um, Former Vice President Joe Biden. The federal-only voter list emerged from a complicated legal history in which Congress passed the National Voter Registration Act 
and mandated that states accept a federal voter registration form. Subsequent Supreme Court rulings forced Arizona to accept this form, even though it did not meet the state's voter eligibility standards, including the documented proof of citizenship required. So, um, that's obviously an issue. And Arizona is much more in play uh, with the, and not in play by can change the election results, that can't happen, but is much more in play with the voter fraud allegations. Now, and you move over here, there's this interesting article in The Federalist today, how Biden is trying to turn election offices into partisan get-out-the-vote operations. Former Vice President Joe Biden is trying to turn government into get-out-the-vote operations for his own political party. Um, our neighbors next door, for those of you on the Michigan side of the border, you understand exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you in the Fort Wayne area, uh, Gretchen Whitmer did this and attempted to do this, got caught doing it, had to back off of doing it, but a lot of people say that she still did it anyway. After failing to pass federal legislation to federalize control of the elections through Congress, and after states passed election integrity bills of their own, the president is attempting to very quietly, excuse me, former vice president is attempting to very quiet, a very quiet federal election takeover using an executive order to redirect federal tax dollars towards identifying new voting blocks who are expected to heavily support Democratic candidates. So a year ago, Executive Order 14019 demanded more than a dozen federal agencies to register new voters and promote voter participation. The list of agencies ranged from the Department of Education to the Department of Homeland Security. The average American does not think of federal agencies as responsible for voter registration and get-out-the-vote efforts. And very few details have been released about the order's implementation. This is by design. When politicians aren't bragging, they're usually hiding. I'm reading from the Federalist article now. In this case, the Biden administration is hiding an effort to require federal agencies to work with partisan private groups to strategically boost voter turnout in areas that would benefit Democrats. In, or, in order, this order tips the scales in favor of one party at every level of our representative democracy. So you're going to have all of these federal agencies working with private groups who will be partisan private groups. And who do you think the federal government is more likely to partner with? Partisan groups on the left or partisan groups on the right. So considering everything that happened with Zuck bucks and all of that stuff, the money that Zuckerberg put into the election uh, this last time, which, of course, um, throttled the election in red counties and boosted the, the turnout in blue counties. Uh, this is a very similar scheme. Under the guise of grants to help protect voters from COVID-19, Facebook billionaire Mark Zuckerberg distributed more than $400 million to govern election officials, excuse me, offices through a nonprofit run by a, by a former fellow of the Obama Foundation. Numerous Freedom of Information Act requests revealed the grants were largely used, not used to purchase personal protective equipment, as was claimed. Instead, the funds were used to boost election turnout in left-leaning districts, effectively embedding highly partisan efforts within government agencies. Like former Vice President Joe Biden's latest executive order, the cover story was seemingly innocuous. Zuckerberg used COVID-19 relief as an excuse to gain unprecedented access and influence over the administration of elections at every level. Now, remember, if you were 
I'm going to get the funds from Zuckerberg. You had to do what Zuckerberg wanted you to do, or else you didn't get the funds from Zuckerberg. So a lot of these smaller municipalities, um, they just they did whatever he wanted them to do, and they got that money. We've we've talked with um, attorneys general about this on the show before, from other states, and they've they've all kind of exposed this at great length. But still, generally, the public doesn't know much about it. Okay, what else do we have here? Biden is taking action to ensure it will happen again, and on an even bigger scale, in Democrat strongholds. Uh, one of the things that was done a lot under the Zuckerberg program. If you had red rural areas, you didn't put any any drop boxes for ballots out there. But you would saturate an urban blue area with drop boxes to make it super easy for anybody to be able to drop their their ballots off. And it was it was a way to throttle one side while boosting another. So when people say rigged election, um, it was rigged. Uh, the media tries to spin stolen election or fraud. They said, you always have to ask them, uh, when you say voter fraud, what do you mean? Or when they say widespread fraud, you have to ask them their definition of widespread fraud. Because in Michigan, is Wayne County considered widespread? It's just one county in Michigan. Is that widespread enough for everybody or not? So this executive order here um, basically will make this something that is done at the federal level with federal bureaucracies and these private third-party groups, which I've told you before, we need to get third-party groups out of voter registration. To be perfectly honest with you, they need to go away uh, because that's where all of the fraud is found. That's where all of the ballot fraud and the harvesting and everything else are found with these groups. So it's time to get rid of them. But in fact, Biden is expanding and giving them more access to federal bureaucracies and those federal bureaucracies to work with those activist groups. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel, and also covering for Pat Miller on Newstalk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. Hey, everybody. Casey Hendrickson here for Five Star Painting. And I've got to tell you, you know, we were looking for a group to paint our house. This is exactly who we're looking for. Professionals who show up looking professional, and everybody is trained. They've got project managers making sure that the job is going to be done appropriately, checking to sure that the job, the job was done right, and it was completed before everybody goes home. That's what you want. You want a professional company to come out and paint your home. You don't want to deal with eh, fly-by-nights or something like that. And I'm sure that they're good folks, folks. Don't get me wrong. It's just we wanted somebody that was going to be professional, and that's why we chose Five Star Painting. And here's the thing. The price of paint is going up, okay? So if you tell Five Star Painting when you book your job that Casey sent you, you're going to get free paint with your next project. They, again, Anthony has been a painter in the area for over 25 years. He understands how difficult it is to find a quality group of people to paint your home. And they train everybody, indoor, outdoor projects, commercial, residential, doesn't matter. And they've got a project manager specifically for your project every time they come out. So do what we did. Call Five Star Painting or you can visit them online at fivestarpainting.com and let them know that Casey sent you and you get free paint with your next project. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also filling in for Pat Miller today on Newstalk 1190, WOA, 107.5 FM. 
All right. Um, so the live stream ain't going to happen today. They're they're fighting. They're fighting me about bandwidth issues. So they're saying that I use my bandwidth for the month already on day five, which uh, clearly isn't true. So we're going to have to deal with that at some point in time. So just sorry. All right. What about extremists in the U.S. military? There are extremists in the Russian military. There are extremists in the Ukrainian military. But what about in the American military? This is something that happens Ah, it seems like it happens every year, but it's probably every two years you see some kind of an allegation that there are extremists everywhere in the U.S. military. This is a thing before I even enlisted back in the 90s. And every single time they look into this, they don't really find any. Uh, do some people get in? Sure. Absolutely. You're dealing with the largest employer in the country. You're going to have that. It's, it's a reality. Uh, but how many? And is it a systemic issue? The answer to that, in short, is no. After an investigation hunting for extremists in the U.S. military, the news is out of the millions of service members that we have. They found, are you ready for this? If I were to give you a number to guess how many extremists they found in the U.S. military, what would you say? Just whisper it to yourself or yell it at your kid in the car or whatever. They need to be scared straight anyway. What do you think the number would be? couple thousand, maybe, which wouldn't be that many. No, they found a hundred. One hundred confirmed extremists. Now, of course, you have to define what an extremist is. We'll get to that in just a minute. Out of millions of people in the United States military, they confirmed approximately 100 extremists. Now, that is after the media ran with the story, as they usually do. And the government searched every nook, every cranny, trying to find all of these people. And CNN, Democratic Party, anti-military leftists, super shocked. But here's the thing. They will continue to run. They will continue to run these stories about all of the extremists all over the place. They don't want to talk about the jihadi extremists that show up occasionally. The ones responsible for some of the, the crimes committed on base. They don't want to talk about those folks. The Department of Defense identified fewer than 100 instances of confirmed extremist activity in 2021, according to the Pentagon. Despite significant rhetoric from Democrats, media pundits, and activists, the finding was unsurprising to more than 30 current and former service members who spoke with Fox News. I noticed zero extremism during my time in the military, former Army Ranger said. None. Didn't witness it at all. Each service member echoed similar remarks, explicitly saying that they'd never seen any extremist behavior. And, I look, I don't know how many of you out there are veterans or are currently serving, but I, know, I did not run into a single speck of this when I was in. And I know that I was in the 90s, but... It's been a while, but I have not run into a single solitary speck of this in my career, and I don't know anybody who has run into it in theirs. I'm sure they, they exist, don't get me wrong. I just, I remember there being one report early in my radio career where they found like, I don't know, like a, a half a dozen or something who were all affiliated with some neo-Nazi group, and they were just, they were there for the training and that sort of stuff, and that was it. Um, occasionally there's been like gang members that have been found because gang members will send people there uh, for training and that sort of stuff. But it's like one 
one here and one there. They almost never get through the screening process. Uncle Sam's misguided children. The left won't likely believe that, of course. Article after article in left-leaning news media from the Atlantic to Time magazine stated, extremists don't belong in the military. Yeah, no kidding. The real extremism may be the woke garbage, but as for people who want to destroy America, nothing. When SecDef Lloyd Austin demanded the military stand down to begin the witch hunt, they were looking for the racists, the anti-government types they just knew were filling the ranks of our service branches. Now, of course, veterans right now are probably giggling themselves because <laughs> it's not. Uh, being in the military, in the United States military, okay, being in the U.S. military, and being a racist is it's oil and water. <laughs> that just does not work at all. Congress and media fell into the trap of labeling service members as dangerous to America. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing, though. I will say this, because what they're probably referring to is not actual extremism, but it's the social justice extremism, right? The social justice extremism is... Hey, uh, you are not allowed to see each other as all the same, right? The old mantra, you know, there are no races here. Everybody's green. Well, you can't, you can't see everybody as green because you're going to be denying them their humanity and their race. Uh, no, that's, that's not how it works in the military. But I'm sure you got these, these woke snowflakes out there. I, you know, I'll pick your, your... I hate to pick on people with colored hair because I've always had friends who had dyed hair, but boy, why is it that we just seem to run into this weird, like greenish blue tint on left-wing activists? What, what is that? We need to spend less time on these witch hunts, targeting our own soldiers and spending more time focused on strategic threats like China and Russia and any others that are threatening our country. If Joe Biden had put this much time into developing an exit strategy for Afghanistan than he, than he does targeting our own soldiers, then maybe the 13 service members who lost their lives back in that country would be alive today. That is a former Green Berets running for Congress, Tyler Alcorn. Um, you've already heard my analysis of Afghanistan. You've heard members of every branch of the military call me and confirm what I said was true. And that the only way that Afghanistan happens the way that Joe Biden made it happen is if it was intentionally done that way. That's the reality. There's no way to screw that operation up. Can't be done. Has to be done on purpose. And it was. Even General Milley. And General Milley sucks. Even General Milley approached the former vice president and said, we need 15,000 people. If we're going to keep Bagram, and we need to keep Bagram because of China. And Joe Biden said, no. And just did what he did. I'm glad he's getting sued. I'm glad he's getting sued over it. I wish, I wish that this were a better time in history because other things would have been done to him, but you you cannot screw that operation up without it being intentional. There's just no way around it. And any civilian out there who's going, oh, come on, just go ahead, find any veteran you know. Find any veteran you know and ask them how that operation should have been done. They will be able to tell you. It doesn't matter if they had a, a combat MOS. It doesn't matter if they were in admin. 
doesn't matter if they were in medical. They will all tell you how to run that operation because everybody in the military knows how to run that operation. And that operation was not run the way that it is written in the book. And if it had been, our people probably still alive. That's the truth. You may not want to swallow that pill, but that is the absolute truth. Spending all of this time trying to find neo-Nazis and racists and everything else, our society is obsessed with trying to find them. If you have to look so hard to find them, if you have to have fake hate crime after fake hate crime after fake hate crime getting exposed, folks, they're not there. We know that there are some out there, but if you have to keep hunting for them and looking for them and fabricating instances of them attacking people, they clearly are not a problem. Let them fade away into the annals of history. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Also covering for Pat Miller. News Talk 1190, WOA 107.5 FM. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Also covering for Pat Miller today on News Talk 1190. Whoa, whoa. What? Did I mess that up again? I did. Sorry. I've been distracted ever since this whole stream thing came, came up. So I apologize. I'm trying to deal with tech support and everything else in between the commercial breaks. Uh, all right. The CDC is going to audit itself. Yeah. You think? They're going to revamp the agency after criticism to their response to the COVID-19 pandemic, of which all they really did was screw up and lie to all of you. You know, here's the thing. We knew we were in trouble with the CDC under Obama when the Ebola outbreak happened. You remember that? You remember how the guy who ran the CDC at that time, I forget his name, I'm just going to call him Lurch, that guy could not tell you if Ebola was airborne or not. Remember that? He kept getting asked that question, and he never had a consistent answer. He kept flopping back and forth. We knew we were in trouble then. Here's the story from justthenews.com. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention has announced efforts to improve the federal agency amid over two years of public scrutiny and criticism about its response to the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, all I've ever asked, and this is, this is the thing, I, I know that I kind of went on a rant here not that long ago about this. I never wanted to be at war with public health officials. It was, I started covering this virus before anybody else in the country did. One other person did a semi-regular hit on it at the time, and his name was Tucker Carlson. Nobody else covered it. I was doing, you know, one or two updates a week in December of 2019. And I had members of my audience telling me, this is silly. Stop doing the updates on it. More important things. Right. And I know that they've all obviously, you know, uh, come around or, you know, have, have, I don't want to say apologize. They didn't owe me an apology, but they've all said, yeah, I was one of them. They've admitted it. But, and then I started going, I think it was January 14th. So less than a month after the virus was unveiled to all of us, I went to daily coverage of it. Every single day. 
And I've been covering it that long. I was covering this virus before public health officials acknowledged it was a threat. And I'm not saying that that makes me more qualified than them. I'm just saying that I've been covering this thing a long time, been watching the patterns with it. I've been watching everything that happens with it. I have been in my career, a large portion of my career has been covering science issues and studies. It has been a big part of this show. It was a big part of my writing gigs before this show. It was, it's just been a big part of, I, I guess you could say it's been a big part of my journalistic career. Covering scientific research. In particular, covering scientific research that is absolute and total garbage. And most of it is. And so over the years, I've been able to pick up on what generally needs to happen for something to be taken seriously in the scientific community. And people who are in the scientific community and the medical community should be able to pick up on those patterns too. And many of them do pick up on them, but they just chose to lie to you. I never wanted to be at war with public health officials. I never wanted to be in a position where you couldn't trust a single thing that the CDC said. I never wanted to be in a position where the NIH was going to be deceiving you. But they all did. That's just the reality. They chose to lie to you. They chose to hide information from you. We've got the NIH now over the past week admitting to deleting and hiding data from all of you about the Wuhan lab and its COVID-19 research before the outbreak. I said in December of 2019, I said I wouldn't be surprised if this came out of that Wuhan lab. I'd covered the Wuhan lab before. The Wuhan lab, I pulled up an old story that I had done. The Wuhan lab was listed by the international community as one of the labs most likely to have an escape of a pathogen. That was before the outbreak. And I knew it from that story. I knew it from my previous work, and that's why I zeroed in on it. Bat soup never made sense. The behavior of the Chinese Communist Party and the government did. Thing got out of the lab, and they tried to hide it. That's just a, that's just what all the evidence showed. But what happened? You were lied to about all of that until they finally had to admit, yeah, it probably came out of the lab. You were lied to about all these treatments until they finally had to admit, yeah, a lot of these treatments work. Telling you that there's no, there's no research that shows that this medicine works on COVID-19 when there's dozens or sometimes hundreds of peer-reviewed or clinical trials that showed that it worked. I never wanted to be in that position. I never wanted to. We should not be in a position as a people to have to sit there and weigh what the CDC says and say, can we trust them this time? While the CDC is still running around right now and telling you that they're admitting to withholding data from you because they're worried about your reaction to the data that they release. Of course, it needs to be revamped. It's a disgrace. So is the NIH. So are most of your public health officials and the politicians who are manipulated by them. Don't know how else to say it. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And also covering for Pat Miller on News Talk 1190, 107.5 FM. And for those of you who are missing out on one of the stories that I was talking about just a few minutes ago, uh, 
Christian or Christiane Anderson, an Anthony Fauci confidant who has received research grants worth millions from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, um, reportedly offered to secretly delete a research paper exposing the U.S. National Institutes of Health's erasure of a database containing information relevant to the origins of COVID-19. Now, last week, we found out that they had erased that data. It had already been, suspe- sus- well, basically suspected for a long time. It was confirmed last week, and now we're finding out that this person, this Anthony Fauci lackey, offered to hide the paper trail and delete a research paper which exposed the NIH's erasure of that database. We also know, because of FOIA requests, that the Chinese Communist Party asked Anthony Fauci to help them out with the public narrative, and he chose to do it. We also know that there were a lot of top infectious disease experts who were telling Anthony Fauci that what he was saying was wrong and how he was going about Handling this pandemic was wrong. And then he didn't want them on that that uh, email chain anymore. They have a conference call, and suddenly every single one of those doctors were very critical in that email chain. After that conference call, suddenly every single one of them supported Anthony Fauci's position completely. And what did we learn? A bunch of them got tons of grants for their labs. Oh, isn't that interesting? It's not just the seat. The whole system, the whole system needs to be taken care of. There's a reason that I have told you about the fake pandemic that the CDC created in 1976. It was exposed in 1978 by 60 Minutes. If you want to learn more about this, I have posted the entire 60 Minutes piece on my website, theburningtruth.us, where Wallace goes through this investigation. They invented a swine flu outbreak that never happened. They used media reports to corroborate the existence of this outbreak that never happened they then created experimental vaccines got people to sign waivers for the experimental vaccine swapped the vaccine on them and they injured thousands of people and they even used fake celebrity endorsements who actually never got the vaccine and never gave permission to use their image the cdc did that in 1976 and i know something well case that's 1976 yeah well i'm sorry if i see parallels now You can't trust any of them. That's the problem. We're at a point now where you can't believe a single thing that you're being told. Especially by the people who are supposed to protect you and have your back. It's a sad, sad world we live in right now. That's the truth. Follow me online, theburningtruth.us. You can watch that 60 Minutes piece there. All you have to do is search for 60 Minutes or look in my videos. It's there. And uh, thank you, Pat, for letting me fill in. Bill O'Reilly's up next. See you tomorrow.